0: May Hashem bless you through the hearing of his word. This morning, about the subject that I've called our messianic calling. Just what is our messianic calling? How many of you like to fish? Any fishermen out there? Any fisherwomen out there? Yeah, maybe? Okay. Well, for about, I guess, seven or eight years, Mary and I lived in North Carolina near Lake Norman, uh, it's a big man-made lake near Charlotte. Like I said, it's a, it's a very large lake. Uh, it's, it's got lots of multi-million dollar houses built around it. In fact, there are so many houses now and so many people on the lake in the summertime, it can get quite crowded out there. It's full of people. People with sailboats even used to say they hated hate to go out anymore because there's so many motorboats and jet skis make the water so choppy. Imagine trying to to fish on Lake Norman with all these motorboats and jet skis. Not much fun in that. All the boats are scaring the fish, probably not going to catch anything. Then too was another fishing story I remember is when I was a kid growing up in New Jersey, a big deal every year was the opening of trout season, trout fishing season. And this occurred in the spring. Now they used to stock the pond in our town with trout. The uh, state fisheries would come and stock it every year. So when uh, trout season would open on April 1st, I want you to try to imagine this small lake, little pond in our town, in this park downtown, with fishermen all around the shoreline, waiting for the signal to start fishing. At exactly 8 a.m. on that April 1st, was one of the local policemen would be there sitting in his car. All these people waiting. You couldn't fish until it was time. And he'd be sitting there. And then at the stroke of 8 o'clock, he would honk his horn. Eh, 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 it's like, okay, now you can start fishing. I remember it being so crowded, nobody was catching anything. It was like the trout were saying they were afraid. They knew, hey, I know what's coming. It's like, don't eat that worm. It's plastic. Or see that cricket over there? Don't eat that. It's got a hook in it. Doesn't sound like much fun in fishing, is it? Now, what if I told you there was a lake that not many people fished in? And it was full of beautiful fish. But hardly anybody fished there because it took... A little extra effort to get there. Kind of like you had a, think of it sort of you had a hike to get to this lake. took some effort. It wasn't convenient. It means you had to get a little bit out of your comfort zone, right? Fishing there might not be for everyone. Okay, so why am I talking about fishing? Well, if you remember, there were two brothers fishing on a lake about 2,000 years ago. And a stranger came up to them. Now, what did this person, the stranger, say to Peter and his brother Andrew on the Sea of Galilee? Well, it's recorded in Matthew 4.19. It's a well-known verse. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Today, I want to talk to you about being fishers of men And what our calling is here at Tikvot Israel, Messianic Synagogue in Richmond, Virginia. Being the fisher of men, that's outreach. Didn't I just hear it in in our our values that we spelled out the the word hope, H-O-P-E, help, outreach, purpose, and education? It's on your bulletin. Outreach. It's a part of why we're here. Now, Webster's Dictionary has a definition of what a calling is. Here's what it says. It says, a calling is a strong inner impulse towards a particular course of action, especially when accompanied by conviction of divine influence. I didn't make that up. This is Webster's Dictionary. A Strong inner impulse toward a particular course of action, especially when accompanied by... Conviction of divine influence. I thought it's interesting that Webster's actually used the term divine influence. Now, being a follower of Yeshua, it's part of our nature, our DNA, to share the good news. In Hebrew, the word besorah, that he is our Messiah, and he gave his life to redeem us. Now, I know some of us are gifted as evangelists, it's one of the apostolic gifts, but apostolic gifts, that's a topic for another day. We all have the ability, the responsibility, to share the good news, the besorah. As a Messianic Jewish synagogue, our calling, our purpose, our conviction is the besorah, the good news to the Jewish people. Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 4, We can look there. Apostle Paul said, Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for Israel is for their salvation. For I testify about them that they have zeal for God, but not based on knowledge. For being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit themselves to the righteousness of God. For Messiah is the goal. Messiah is the goal of the Torah as a means of righteousness for everyone who keeps trusting. Ah, all roads in the Torah point towards the Messiah. Messiah is the goal. Touchdown, to use a Super Bowl analogy for thinking about football tomorrow. Everything in the Torah points towards a Messiah, a Redeemer, pointing towards it. It points towards life. Towards Holy Spirit, that is Ruach Hakodesh. Now here's the question, continuing in Romans 10 verses 14 and 15. How then shall they call on the one in whom they have not trusted? And how shall they trust in the one they have not heard of? And how shall they hear without someone proclaiming? And how shall they proclaim unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who proclaim good news of good tidings or good things. Ladies and gentlemen, proclaiming the good news of Yeshua and the word says, yeah, beautiful feet. Hey, it's the best pedicure you can get, right? And it doesn't cost you anything. You and I are called upon to proclaim the good news of Yeshua To Israel and the nations. How are you going to do that? How is Israel going to know? You can start by asking yourself, what's my testimony? What brought me here? How has God changed my life? Now, you may say, well, uh, you know, I'm not so good at talking and my life isn't that interesting. Well, I disagree. I bet it is. I bet each one of you has a story. Each one of you has a testimony that you could give and make a difference in someone's life. Because there's something, the testimony of your life, that could just click the light on, prick the heart of someone, and make the difference in their life. Okay, what, what else can you do? Well, you can study the scriptures, of course. In particular, study the scriptures using a Tree of Life version or a Complete Jewish Bible version? Tree of Life version is a newer version that has a lot of input from Messianic sources. Complete Jewish Bible is, was the first one that was put out by David Stern. Why? Because they have been translated with a Jewish perspective. They go back to the original Hebrew and have it from a Jewish perspective. Read the prophetic words of Isaiah and Zechariah talking about the coming Messiah. Read about the coming Messiah in Psalms. You can show in the word that Yeshua was born a Jew, died a Jew, and remains a risen Jew today. Read Paul's letters. just like we saw here, especially in Romans, where he talks about Israel's distinct role in the body of believers. What other things can you do to strengthen your calling? How about take a Hebrew class? Right, Wayne? That'll strengthen it. Learn some Hebrew. Attend Wednesday night Torah studies here with our very own David Wine. Go visit the JCC, the Jewish Community Center. Learn more about Jewish culture. Spend time with Jewish people. Get to know them. Be a friend. Here's one of my other favorites. Why not go to Pearlie's Delicatessen? Eat some really good Jewish food. Mm-hmm, done that many times. Hey, go visit the land of Israel. See an amazing and vibrant place that is the history of the Bible, yet is a living and breathing modern country. It's amazing to be there. You see ancient history and people living modern life. Very cool. If you're a Gentile member here at Tikvat Israel, I have a guide that will help you in your calling. Now, this guide, I don't take credit for this. This guide was written a number of years ago by Rabbi Michael Rudolph of Ohev Yisrael Congregation in Northern Virginia. And it is written in the first person, as though spoken by a Gentile member. And here we got the first, there's 10 points. So I'm going to go through these. It says, I am a Gentile and not a Jew because I am not a proselyte. That means I'm not a convert. And so far as I am aware, my physical lineage does not go back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I have been born again through my faith in Yeshua. And that means I was given a new spirit and an eternal life with God when I confessed my sins and asked Yeshua into my heart, it also means I've been grafted into the olive tree of Israel. There's that Romans reference again. Good studying point. Romans eleven seventeen through nineteen, and have thereby become a citizen of the commonwealth. Ephesians two eleven through thirteen. Grafted into the olive tree. I always that's such a beautiful analog, analogy that God put in His Word. Gentiles are grafted into the body. Do you know that if you have a flowering dogwood tree, say it has white flowers on it, and you take a branch off of a pink dogwood and you graft it onto that white dogwood tree, that white dogwood will nourish and supply that pink branch and it will grow. But you know what? that branch is going to have pink flowers. The rest of the tree will be white flowers. The same trunk and the same roots will nourish both. That's the beautiful picture that God put in his word of the grafting in of Gentile believers into the house of Israel, the commonwealth, the citizenship. Anyway, number three, in addition to being born again, I have chosen or been called by God to live out my faith in the same way and in the same congregational community as Jews who believe in Yeshua as I do. I have chosen, it was my decision between me and God to be here. The Jews in my congregation call themselves Messianic to distinguish themselves from Jews who are not believers in Yeshua. So I also call myself Messianic although I remain a Gentile. It doesn't change Jew or Gentile, but to be a part of the community, you become a Messianic Gentile. Both I and the Jews in my congregation practice a Judaism called Messianic Judaism. It is a faith, a form of Jewish practice, and a way of life that looks exclusively to the Bible, both the Old and the New Testaments for final authority on God's word and looks to the Holy Spirit for interpretation, application, and guidance. Both Messianic Jews and Messianic Gentiles consider ourselves members in the Messianic Jewish community and the universal body of Yeshua. We are all part of that body. Number seven. Both I and the Jews in my congregation consider that the commandments that were given to the ancient Israelites under the Mosaic Covenant have application to our community today as well. For that reason, we seek to interpret and apply the scriptures literally literally when reasonable, but as the Holy Spirit directs. Because my congregation and I practice what we call Messianic Judaism, we call our congregation a Messianic Jewish congregation. This name reflects our belief in Yeshua, as well as our Torah-oriented practice that is often, but not always, expressed in similar ways as in non-Messianic Jewish communities. By Torah-oriented practice, we mean that we seek the Holy Spirit for understanding how to obey God's law in the New Covenant and in our individual and corporate circumstances. We obey Torah out of love for God and Messiah, we do not consider obedience the source of our relationship with God and do not seek a relationship through it. It's important that it, we are Tory-oriented Tory practice, but it does not mean a one-law congregation. It means that we seek our relationship with the Lord through the Holy Spirit for understanding on how to obey God's law. The Jewish practices of my congregation establish its primary culture and lifestyle, but we also incorporate practices that come to us from other traditions. And these include contemporary praise and worship with instruments, dance, We have the bread and wine of Yeshua, the Shulchan Adonai, which we will actually celebrate next week. And speaking and receiving of prophetic words. Because we do not accept outside rabbinic authority over us, we are free to adopt certain cultural and rabbinic Jewish practices while not adopting others. As we find these practices consistent with the spirit of the word. That's the important thing. Everything is to be consistent with the Holy Spirit in God's Word. The Jewish... Let's see, one more. right. My congregation's mission is several fold. First, we are a family of Jews and Gentiles who are committed to being an example of faith in Yeshua and in holy New Covenant Jewish living. Second, we are a community that is dedicated to upholding, strengthening praying for, discipling, protecting, and providing for each other as each of us has needs and as the Holy Spirit directs. Third, we are a community that seeks to convey our faith and traditions to our children and their children. Fourth, we seek to provide a congregational home for Jewish believers in Yeshua and for believing Gentiles called to serve Yeshua within our Messianic Jewish community. Fifth, we seek to reach out with the word of God to all who do know not yet know Yeshua, first to the Jew, but also to those of the nation. And sixth and finally, we seek to help the Christian church understand its connection to Israel and to return to its biblical roots. Now back to that fishing analogy that I started with. Why was I talking about crowded fishing holes and virtually empty fishing holes with few fishermen. There are lots of wonderful churches in Richmond. Some are big, some are small. Some are contemporary, some are traditional. There is every possible Christian denomination represented, many times over. And when it comes to outreach, there's lots of fishing going on. Of course, sometimes, the more I thought about it, in actuality, there may be a lot of people watching fishing going on with a few people fishing. But the shoreline is crowded. They're watching other people fish. But there's only one Tikvot Israel. Tikvot Israel means the hope of Israel. Our calling is unique. Our vision is to bridge and restore relationship between Yeshua, the Jewish people and the nations. We are a synagogue, we're not a church. There's nothing wrong with churches, but we're not a church, we're a synagogue. We're a messianic synagogue. And we bridge the gap between the Jewish people and the nations. And the one that's holding up that bridge span, well, that's Yeshua. What you have here is very unique and very special. Don't take it for granted. You have a young Jewish man who is your rabbi. He's a great teacher. He loves you and he cares for you deeply. He needs your prayer. he needs your prayers and your support too. We, the leadership here at Tikvat Israel, we're very thankful for you. We thank you for your willingness to volunteer, for your service, for your prayers for your financial support, for your friendship. You know, we may never fill a 5,000-seat auditorium, but what we do here is a calling. It has purpose and it has meaning. It has a place in God's kingdom. You know, Rabbi Jamie Cowan, who was our founding rabbi of this congregation, he once reflected on a big decision that he had to make many years ago. See, he was living and working in Washington, D.C. And he could continue working there. He, was, uh, he, he worked in a senator's office. He was a lawyer. He was a sec- successful lobbyist. Doing very well. Could probably rise up in the political realm. Or he could leave that job and become the rabbi of a fledgling messianic congregation in Richmond, Virginia. Well, the Lord spoke to Jamie. Jamie. And he said, Jamie, if you stay here in D.C., on the one hand, you're going to become great in this world. You'll be very successful. On the other hand, you can become great in my kingdom. Jamie chose the latter. You have a choice every week where to worship and fellowship. You have a choice whether even to worship and fellowship at all. If God has put it upon your heart, As a Jew, as a follower of Yeshua, to continue to live as a Jew, then this is your home. This is your synagogue. If God has put it upon your heart as a Gentile who is a follower of Yeshua to come alongside and build a congregation for Yeshua within the house of Israel, then this is your home too. Together and with the Lord's help, we can do mighty things in his name. Shabbat shalom.